What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Speaking Llama, a Survivor podcast. This is Caleb Loomis, joined as always by Alex, and we are here to recap the uh, or recap slash instant reactions from the first episode of Survivor season forty-two. Alex, how are you doing tonight? Caleb, I'm great, man. Yeah, we uh, we had the new season of Survivor yesterday. Uh, I double booked myself, made dinner plans, and didn't watch it live. I saw the last half hour, and then after work today, watched the uh, first hour and a half. So I'm fresh. I'm ready. Put me in, coach. I'm in. Yeah, a- a- Alex is a madman, likes to watch the world burns, and watch the end before he watched the beginning. You know, that's you're the I worst mean, I kind of person. I would have been spoiled anyway. Like, I, no, you don't have to be spoiled, Alex. You just got to stay off yeah, of social do. media and live as a recluse and you know things like that. But I, I do have a serious question for you, Alex. Yes. If you were on the island, would you take you and half of your tribe and do a your own acapella rendition of the survival, Survivor theme song with your tribe mates? Absolutely not. Well, obviously, you are not in the fan club of Tori and Zach and Swati because they were, they were there, you know, just singing along, singing their heart's desires. You know, why 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 do you hate fun, Alex? Uh, there's a lot of a lot of answers to that, but uh, I'm gonna stick with I can't sing. So we'll do that. Now, that I, I, that's a respectable answer. I believe you and I have had this argument before that. We want to apply to the amazing race together, but we both know if there's a singing challenge, neither one. Oh, that's very true. We would we'd be like, what's the penalty? We would, we're gonna, we would take the four-hour penalty. We're going to take the penalty, please. Uh, no, uh, yeah, that I, that was one of, I think, one of the, the more fun moments of the season. Now, to Roxroy's credit, the singing wasn't great. That That's fine. I mean, I, I also wouldn't be great at singing. Uh, but that moment when he's just like, frustrated because he's 44 and these kids half his age are like singing out loud and he's just like <laughs> it felt like <laughs> it felt like some classic survivor first episode stories right you have yes. the older guy that is the older person working hard in camp and the younger people not working hard and i was like oh yep. this this is survivor We're, yes okay all right here we go uh but yeah, so Alex, let's jump into this episode. Uh, I, I called it a recap at the beginning. That's because we've been doing Australian Survivor recaps right. of the weeks. Uh, as a reminder for those that listen to our coverage of season 41, we are doing instant reactions. So we're not going to go through and talk about every single moment of the episode. We're going to talk about some of the highlights. We're not even going to go you know, point by point. Uh, and so if you haven't seen the episode, I mean, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, regardless yeah uh go back watch the episode then come back and listen to uh this brief little um overview of the highlights and instant reactions and so with that alex we are back season 42 what what were your initial impressions about this season drop the four keep the two uh i i actually really enjoyed the episode it felt like a fun first episode of survivor there was a lot happening i'm glad we had two hours to kind of dive in i felt like each camp got a decent amount of airtime where we we got to know different characters we didn't see a lot of strategy especially from um, the green and orange tribe but i appreciate feeling like a decent sense of what's going on yes there were a lot of twists 
but somehow it felt more manageable than last year or last season, right? Like we did have the three different twists to, <laughs> um, during the episode, <laughs> right? Like that, that's a lot. Uh, and we even saw, you know, Drea have two different advantages uh, in two days, which is very impressive. But uh, I love the amulet twist. I love that first challenge to get the flint. Like it was so good. It's so fun. Like the wait here, you don't have to do anything. Decide together. Now cover yourself in mud and run back. And it's like everyone else is freaking out. Like, should we check on them? What's going on? <laughs> and then I just love that uh, high just like threw blood all over his chest. And then I think it's someone I'm sorry, maybe Lydia or someone. They're like, "Are you bleeding?" And he's like, "Yeah," <laughs> and just it, runs into the water. <laughs> oh my gosh! It like uh, yeah, I, I love this episode. Uh, I mean, I loved the first episode of season 41, uh, so I'm holding my breath a little bit. Uh, but it is. I think this is just another example of when you have time to flesh out a story, to spend time at camps, other than just talking about strategy, uh, you, you get a more complete episode and experience. I mean, kind of like you said, and even to the strategic point, right? We got to spend time at, mo- at each of the camps, got to know players at each of the camps, but also, I mean, other than maybe the Taku tribe, uh, I have a sense of some of the social alignments from the other two tribes, right? One of them went to tribal, but uh, Vati didn't go to tribal at all. But I, mm-hmm. I already have a sense of like where things are somewhat stacking up. And so which I think that is great editing, great editing work uh, from, from the producers and the editors. Uh, yeah, I, the, I, I think the other thing that sticks out to me too, right, is that Normally, when I watch a Survivor episode, especially the, the, the very like, first few, anytime someone gets personal information, I'm like, well, they're a candidate to go home. <laughs> and which like, which is true. But like what I loved about this episode is I felt like we got personal information from so many different people to where I, mm-hmm. I couldn't make that guess. Uh, I mean, I, 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 you know, we still got personal information from the people that went home. Uh, yes. But. I didn't know how it was going to shake out. Uh, and so, yeah, I just really, I really love this episode. So, yeah. And, uh, well, and to that point too, it wasn't overbearingly obvious who was going home based on the amount of confessionals they received. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it was refreshing that the people who did go home, we did get personal information from as well. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't one-sided on someone who's staying and they got 15 confessionals and the person going home got zero or one, yep. uh, you know, Zach got voted out. We got to understand who Zach is and hear his perspective on things and see that dynamic of how he was going back and forth and who he wanted to take out and why he wanted to take them out. But we also saw the flip side of that of, you know, Romeo is, has made this like skinny boys alliance with him and, and it's back and forth of, should I do that? Should I stick with this alliance with Roxara and Drea? We don't know. So I really appreciate the fact that even the people who went home we, we didn't know who was going home based on the amount uh, yeah. either high or low of confessionals happening. So it was great. High as in high as in my winter pick or like high as in. I love high. high. I, <laughs> I, okay. So re- real quick, you know, Caleb, you and I, we, we make winter picks, right? We do. And we sometimes do. the stars align for our winter picks to like have crossover moments. You know, we think of season oh. 39, our two winner picks were the bros of the season. 
final two, like the season culminated in your pick versus my pick going at it in an outwit versus outplay <laughs> final tribal council. You know, season 40, we didn't have winner picks, but we did have a, a group of four with, you know, your brother and our friend Coleman and our boss, Rob. Uh, you and I picked Natalie and Michelle. And it was like right there in line, kind of in step together at the end. Uh, last season, not so much, but this season, <laughs> our winner picks of Drea and High are two of the first three, including Lindsay, to have that amulet uh, advantage opportunity. And what I loved about that was Lindsay was like very cautious. It's like, no, I don't want to lie. I don't, I don't want to have to make up a lie day one. And you, you and I as winner pick of Dre and hired, just like, let's effing do it. Like we got to go. This is survivor. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I really appreciate that moment that you and I could share in our winner picks. So Absolutely. I'm, you know, I think, I think they will target each other because of that experience. <laughs> But we'll which see. is also on brand, right? Like the, uh, very sure. I, I, very sure. I, it's just refreshing to know, you know, if you are following our Australian survivor coverage at all, uh, you may know that Alex and I's tribe picks are not doing very well. So it was refreshing to see, Oh, we, we are good at this sometimes. <laughs> I argue in Australian survivor, my tribe is getting a lot more content. Oh, for sure. Tribe. But overall though, overall, neither one of us are great. Uh, but yeah. Alex, let, let's jump into, um, uh, let's talk about the different new, ele- new elements slash re- repeating elements from last season. Cause I think mm-hmm. that created some more of the story elements, uh, of this episode. We, so we do have that very first, uh, challenge, which again, I, like you, I love, they go off to an isolated place. They're given a here, here, you have a group decision to make. Uh, so Alex, my, in, my question for you is what do you do in that situation? Uh, are you, do you play the Lindsay card of, I don't want to, you know, I don't listen. And I, I'm also based on my, what I've seen from Lindsay previously in like the, uh, preseason coverage. I think that was total theater. I think she, I think if I, I, I'll be honest, if I've heard, I'm playing that card too of like, oh, I don't want to lie to people. What do you guys want to do? I want someone else to say it first. Uh, what, what, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, totally. I play the victim. Absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, it's like, Hey, like I feel a little uncomfortable lying to people, but like it's survivor. Like, are you, are you guys big fans? Yeah. Okay. Like I, I don't want my decision to ruin it for you guys. So like I, I'm in just for you too. Like I want you guys to have this advantage and, and we'll link up later and, and work together. Uh, I, I totally do that, but in reality, I want to, I want to do it. I just like any big fan you see on the show, like we saw last season with, um, you know, the be- beware advantage. It's like, I have to do this. I'm on survivor. I have to say yes. And I would absolutely say yes to any advantage I come across, even if it totally tanks my game because you have to, but I would not, show that I'm eager to do that. Um, so I, I appreciate Lindsay in that, but uh, I, as a fan, I appreciated Andrea and I a little bit more. <laughs> Just absolutely. Like, absolutely. We're doing this. <laughs> no well, question about it. what's interesting is I'm, I'm thinking in particular, we, we've seen this before in previous things. And, and uh, I know this is like the third or fourth time I've mentioned Australian Survivor. I'm thinking of season one of Australian Survivor. There's this uh, moment where two people have to go off and make a decision about getting, helping the tribe or getting an advantage. And what's interesting about those moments is right. You, you, we have seen situations where the person eager to play selfishly 
is the one like gets a target on them early. And so I'll be interested to see like how, if that comes back to bite any of them, but that may have nothing to do with uh, their reaction to taking advantage or not taking advantage. It might have everything to do with the advantage itself. Alex, how do you feel that this is a new element to the game, the survivor amulet? What you said you liked it earlier, but tell me why you like this new twist. Yeah, there's so many possibilities with it, right? It's, it's, do you work with those two other people? Because they didn't know what the advantage was when they said yes to it. They all found out back at camp on their own. So do you, and we saw, I think it was Drea kind of going back and forth of like, do I work with them or do I cut them? Uh, because in, in one way, which I'm assuming how it's, how it works this is my assumption. Uh, let's say it's final 10 and Lindsay high and Dre are still in there and they all decide to play the amulet at the same time. They all get an extra vote. That's three extra Ooh. votes. Is that, I, I, I don't think that's how it is. I think it is the amulets count as an extra vote. Okay. Uh, I think that would add way to, and now I don't know for certain, and that is something that we should double check because that yes. would that, that was my does assumption. Cha- that does change how I think about the advantage now, because I would say that there is now more incentive to stay together. If that yes. is your so, interpretation, but that is that is my my assumption. Um, but again, that seems very overpowered. So even if it's just one extra vote, that's helpful. You and you work together. A, a alliance group of three has a secret alliance. Basically, has this extra vote. That's great. Um, but I think it's going to get really competitive if someone wants an idol uh, to cut someone. Uh, now, what I think what I would do is there are probably easier ways to find an idol than to vote out two people who know you have an advantage. That seems very difficult to do, uh, yeah. especially when you know they're coming after you. <laughs> but uh, I think I'd just go find an idol in jungle and, and try to keep peace with those two people. But um, I think there's I think we might see someone sell out the other two and say, hey, when we were out there, we had this advantage. I didn't want to, they did. So they took the two, you know, there were only two idols and we had to compete for it and they took them. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of mystery about what happened and there's a lot of opportunities to lie about what happened. So there's just a lot of ways it can go. We can look at, you know, a Tony season 28 to take an advantage and lie about its powers to make yourself feel more powerful. It's a brand new advantage. Uh, do you stick with them? Do you go after them? Will people even be in the game at the merge? I'm assuming those are three very strong, competent players that I would anticipate are going to make the merge, but you never know. So I, I think there's just a lot of open possibilities. And I, it feels very, I think you told this to me, you know, you were texting me as I was missing the episode per my request. He said like the first advantage is awesome. In 10 seconds, you can understand it fully. Yeah. And maybe we're breaking that apart now that I have a different interpretation of what it means, but uh, it's not this very confusing, like, what is that? Who, where, where do they do this? It's very clear, very concise, and uh, has a a layer of complexity to it that I appreciate. Right. Regardless of our maybe different interpretations of what it is, like I still, regardless, it's, if there's three in the game, it's an extra vote. If there's two in the game, it's steal a vote. And if there's uh, one in the game, it's a hidden immunity idol. Now, I, you know, you bring up something I think very interesting that, right, this idea of faking a power. I want, I think it would be very cool and be very interesting to see if the 
I, I don't know how it would actually work, but in my head, like, what if they all made it to the merge and they just told everybody and I, they say, hey, we're together. And they told everyone we have three idols. Pull them out. And, the, and, and like, and that much power, right? That collective can't do. I mean, depending, like, maybe you wait until there's eight people, like eight or nine people left. And you already have these relationships and you put and you consolidate power in that. Yeah. And you just tell people, hey, yeah, these are idols. Sorry about it. Uh, yeah. Which I think would be a very dangerous move to make, but it also such a fun move to make. <laughs> yes. And, and maybe we won't see it now since Drea has gone to Escapade Island, as you've coined it since last season. But there is an opportunity for those three to meet up again pre-merge. Yeah. Uh, on that island, or even two of them to meet up pre-merge and are able to have a conversation about how to strategize what we want to do with this. So there's just a lot of opportunity with different tribes talking to one another. And you know, I was thinking about this earlier. Drea is in a great spot in the blue tribe, but also she now has connections to four other people. Um, and that's a third of the other people on the cast in two days. That is very, very dangerous uh, in these opening days of first impressions, trying to get to know people, trying to feel people out without strong alliances. Um, I, you know, we talked in our cast assessment about what we wanted to see, and we both said we want inner tribe dynamics, and we got another opportunity for inner tribe dynamics. So, really fun. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we did see in season 41 that some of those inner tribe dynamics really solidified directions of the game. And other times completely blew up people's games. Yes. Uh, and so I, I, the last thing I'll say about this advantage, I, my hope is that no one gets that itch to go, I want to share some information with somebody mm-hmm. to build that trust. Because to me that like, I understand the impulse, but it seems 70% of the time it doesn't work out because yeah. someone else, it gets back to the other person. Now you've broken trust with somebody. So like, I hope that I, I do hope that they keep these things a secret outside of maybe a I have a last ditch effort. I'm on the like right if Hi gets on the bottom of his tribe or it looks like he's gonna be voted out, he whips over that ambulance and say, I have an immunity idol to save himself. Um is is you know maybe my hope. Um but so yeah, I I hope they kind of stay together. But uh moving on, you know, we we do see the return of Escapade Island, as I like to call it. Um do you like that it's back, Alex? Do you, do you wish they didn't bring it back? Uh, I know that you just said that you like that there's inner tribe dynamics, mm-hmm. but right, how, how do you feel about it being back as a whole? Yeah, I'm indifferent to it. I hope they don't do it every single episode just from a character development standpoint. I think that gets a little old when it goes and goes and goes without, like, let's mix it up a little bit. Um, you know, I think of even like Island of the Idols, I love seeing the Island of the Idols, but it took so much away from the cast. And then, you know, three to four episodes in, every single person knew exactly what was happening. So it's yeah. really, you only have a couple opportunities to really keep it pure. Uh, yeah. And then at that point, everyone knows what's what's happening and, and it kind of ruins it. So I I like that it's back. I could take it or leave it. Um, I love the amulet advantage. Escapade Island, take it or leave it. Um, I, I get what they're doing. I'm on board for now um, and we'll see how the season progresses. Yeah. I, I think similar, if, you know, we had an hour and a half episode every week, let's go to Escapade sure. Island every time. I will say I, I 
wish they would do something different at it each time, right? So that so that it is not this predictable thing. Um, and and you know, because I do think we sometimes we see um, seasons where they have these like island or different areas that people go off to, and those people that go keep it hush hush, and like so that it's that information stays there. Um, so yeah, so I I think like you, I, I'm like okay, it's here. I hope you don't. I hope it doesn't take away from the the, the season and seeing some of the other good stuff that um, this cast is giving us in terms of just fun and, and strategy and entertainment. Um, yeah. I, I also, if I'm being honest, right now with so, right, an extra vote is such a huge advantage with six people on the tribe. And I, I don't love the, like, adding, just adding more votes into the game just for the sake yeah. of, I know it's not just for the sake of adding votes into the game, but I, I kind of wish that, so, so if they do this every time, right, that's adding potentially two votes every single time into the game, which we could just get a madhouse of a, a tribal, which maybe yeah. that will be exciting. We'll see. But, you know. Right. Well, and we even saw last season where it's like multiple people didn't have votes. And if the beware advantage comes back, which you know it will, based on the, you know, the preview for this season, now we're throwing in extra votes and lost votes. So it's just, it becomes a mess of trying to figure out what's going to happen. Um, and I think a little bit of that positively impacts strategy. I think yes. too much of it, it becomes a point where it's like, well, two people on our tribe of four don't have votes. So what do we, like it, it has a potential to kind of dilute the strategy a little bit. So uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe they, maybe they played a little bit more conservatively than they did in 41 and, and don't do as much, but um, we'll see. My, my question yeah. for you, Caleb. Yeah. We, we have, I accurately predicted, well, somewhat uh, <laughs> debatable. Uh, I predicted the shot in the dark would be a big thing this season. Someone big would go home. Uh-huh. That hasn't happened yet, but it was used on the first tribal council uh, and it's back this season. Uh, what do you think about it? Do you think it's a, a, a good thing to keep? Do we think you're going to see it more since now Zach has set the precedent, whether he knows, knows it or not, that it, it can be used uh, ineffectively at this point. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it'll only be used more often if this group of people is bad at Survivor. And what I mean by that is that, right, if you're using your shot in the dark, you are probably, uh, your target probably knows that they're going home. And so, yes. like, so I say the, I, I, I intentionally said, right, bad at Survivor, uh, to, to be a little uh, emphatic about it, that good Survivor is that you don't know that your, your target is going home. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily a blind side, but right, you don't want them to play that. Uh, I'm, and I'm also shocked, at, and we'll get into the vote a little bit later, that they didn't split the vote at all. Uh, mm-hmm. no, knowing that this shot in the dark was at play. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately like it, it, it becomes a moot point because you shouldn't know who the target is uh, if you're playing it well. Yeah. Well, and you, you said something to me during the episode, which I found very insightful. I will give you credit for, I won't steal it uh, like I do most of your ideas. But uh, when we see Romeo not wanting to take out Zach, but really being the only one who doesn't want to take him out because he has a secret alliance with him at that point, you know, maybe he did go up to Zach and say, Hey, I couldn't swing the votes. You have four votes going against you. 
to save my own butt, I have to vote for you. You should play the shot in the dark because one vote isn't going to do enough. And, and I, that's if he successfully gets a shot in the dark, now you and Romeo are still tight, but Romeo's in a great place because, you know, unless everyone finds out, you told Zach, you're good with everybody. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, well, so a rare occurrence just happened now. It's like contradicted myself. Um, I've never done that before, obviously, because um, I'm always consistent. Um, I say that, tongue in, say that tongue in cheek. Um, is, you know, I said that if it gets used again or gets used often, people are bad at Survivor. Well, I would say Romeo telling him to use the shot in the dark is actually a good Survivor play. And so, uh, you know, so, you know, it could probably go either way. Uh, right. Well, and we don't know if he did do that or not. I'm assuming he know. did. I I don't think he did, only because he, there was no split vote. Right. That that uh, idea really only works in a split vote because okay. uh, because uh, right. If let's just say that Zach plays a shot in the dark and he gets it, it it's successful. You know, Tori is probably going home at that point. But that's a lot, like right. That's a whole new revote rather than just someone being gone. And, and right. you never know what could happen in tribal. Um, yeah, I, if I'm Romeo and I'm thinking that far ahead, which again I'm hoping he does, uh, he pulls Roxroy and Drea aside and just kind of casually says, "Well, hey, okay, I'll vote out Zach, but if he plays shot in the dark and he's successful uh, on the revote, we just vote out Tori." Right, like. That's all you need to do. Well, and I think there was already precedent because like there was this concern that Tori had a uh, idol, right? And so yeah. you just say, "Hey, there might be an idol at play. Let's I, I, we do, we need to split the vote." Uh, and yeah. so, um, but yeah, uh, were there? I believe that was those are the only twist in the game, correct? So far, yeah. So so far is is a good point. Well, uh, Alex, let, let's talk a little bit about the two big bigger moments of the episode right we have uh jackson that has to get i guess what we are going to call a medical evacuation um very unfortunate to see him go home uh in the way that he did um yeah i i loved that we got so much of him sharing his story with his tribe and uh, i also i think in particular what was cool about that part of the episode was that they they showed it around the campfire, right? And I'm imagining that this is what is happening on those nights at mm-hmm. you know, in Survivor. That honestly, I don't know that we've gotten to see a lot of lately, right? They're, they're having a campfire story. They're telling, like, they're sharing about one another because there's nothing else to do, right? You can't go out and necessarily get look for idols or find firewood or, or, or go fishing. You're just hanging out, and so it felt like a very intimate moment and we were there part of the tribe hearing this story. Um, Yeah. Any thoughts about the Jackson medevac? Yeah. I mean, I mean, one thought about, you know, Jackson's story and background, um, you know, there's, there's a obvious comparison between uh, Jackson and Zeke here uh, in, in survivor history and just the difference in how those two individuals were, discussed and celebrated uh it, that contrast is not lost on me uh right and and so to see you know six seven years later um or i guess three four years later whatever it was uh the the difference and even how survivor handled that of 
it's a campfire story now instead of someone being outed at tribal and, and it to be dramatic and drama, you know, heavy and stuff like that. So um, really just appreciated that distinction uh, with this. And even in the, the, the medevac, um, I was listening a little bit to uh, our podcast heroes, uh, the know-it-alls, Rob and Fishback, uh, featured Caleb and Alex in that order. Uh, and, and they were talking, I turned it on last night and they were talking about just how much they appreciated Jeff's uh, delicacy uh, in that. And that Jeff, he wasn't pandering to get more drama. Like he yeah. was very discreet in what was happening. Uh, and Jackson was actually the one who was sharing with Jeff the behind the scenes of, Hey, here, here's, here's the context. And here's yep. what I'm going through. It was not Jeff pulling everyone aside and saying, Hey, here's what's going on with Jackson. It was very discreet. Um, that feels like growth <laughs> from Jeff. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, maybe it's his long hair. I've, I've grown to, to mistrust <laughs> Jeff a little bit. Uh, it's also my love of JLP from Australia, but uh, that that's a whole different podcast. So I just, I appreciated that. And Jeff, I think, uh, and I want to give credit to, to Stephen and, and Rob for talking about that and bringing that up and um, pointing that out to begin with. But I really appreciate that fact. I appreciated uh, Jackson's transparency and um, he didn't put up a fight. It was kind of like, yeah, th- this is something I deal with. Um, I thought it was okay, but okay, I get it. Um, so I just wholesome, yeah. wholesome where it, when it didn't have to be. So I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, and well, and I think, you know, in some ways, based on what I understand of what has happened, and I don't, we obviously don't have a complete picture, is that Jackson disclosed something late in the game. Uh, and if, if I'm production, if I'm Jeff, like I'm, I'm probably pretty upset at that. Uh, it, based on my understanding that he, uh, Jackson knew about this and he just chose not to share it and didn't share it and didn't share it and then shared it at the very end. Um, and so, uh, which I, I, if that is the case, I imagine that production and Jeff is still very upset about it. I imagine that there are some replacements that could have been in Jackson's place yes. that are very upset about that. And, you know, to an extent, rightfully so. Um, but also I can't say that I wouldn't have done the same thing in Jackson's situation because I desperately want to be on survivor. And so, right. um, I do give a shout out to Jeff for, even if there was anger or frustration, right. The way that he handled it, the way that he um, just had, had had a conversation, and I'm sure they probably had a similar conversation beforehand, before they went out saying that, hey, you might get pulled, just so you know, um, yeah. and, and even still, right, and then allowing us as an audience to kind of get a little bit more of the explanation of what, what was going on. So uh, yeah. it's unfortunate to see, um, yeah. and, and, and Jackson is the... Uh, first person to go home, but I will say it might be a great sign for the season because the last time a first quote boot was gone from the game was a medevac and uh, that was David versus Goliath. And so uh, that was a pretty, pretty good season. So I uh, hate to lose Jackson in the way that we did. Um, but alas, the game continues as Jeff likes to say. Uh, and with that, Alex, um, let's talk a little bit about the vote out uh, mm-hmm. in, in between Tori and Zach. I have a couple questions for you, right? We see this narrative of uh, everyone doesn't, everyone thinks Tori's off searching for an idol, which she totally was. And I, I think unsuccessfully tried to play it off. Um, but then, right, Zach tells Tori, Tori throws Zach underneath the bus. 
uh, in front of the whole tribe. Did the tribe make the right decision in booting Zach versus Tori, regardless of where Tori sits on your fantasy tribe? <laughs> Fair. I'll try to. I'll try to be unbiased <laughs> here. Uh, no, I mean it's it's interesting. You know, Caleb, you and I both work, work with college students, typically age. 18, 19 to 22, 23, uh, right. I mean, Tori's a, a few years older than that, but pretty much in the same group of Swati and, and Zach. Uh, and so it feels very much like some of the students we work with on a daily basis. One, uh, 100%. I was like, <laughs> you are all college students. You are, yes. I'm this, this doesn't like that, that whole dynamic. Like when Roxbury was upset, I, I was feeling his like frustration a little bit. Like, yeah, you're, I think justified. we're old, man. I think right, we're we old. Are old. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I couldn't help to, but to think of that and just some of the dynamics of, um, you know, they're so tight and then they can't help, but like tear each other down and, and throw each other under the bus. And all of a sudden you have, you know, the other three, the older ones, Romeo, Drea and, and Rox were just like sitting back. It's like, so which one of these two younger ones, we thought it was three versus three, but I guess now it's not. Anyway, uh, I think they probably did make the right call. I think um, what Tori needs to do um, is tone it down. And, and, and I think, you know, it could be the editing. I, I, don't, I don't know. But from what we've seen, it's a lot of eagerness. Um, and, and typically that doesn't fare very well um, in the early stages of the game. I, I think of like JD last season, very eager, willing to do anything. Uh, because he loves Survivor so much. And, and I, I get some of those same vibes uh, from Tori, and, and that could be uh, uh, not a good sign for her. At the same time, I, I think they made a good call taking Zach out um, simply because like, you could tell how much of a diehard fan he was uh, and, and that moment where you know, Jeff's like, Zach, do you, do you want to say the rest? Uh, you know, and let him, you know, say, you know, fire represents your life. And for, for Zach, you know, he's a 20 year old kid. That's, that's probably the greatest thing that's ever happened to him. Right. Uh, so I think they probably made the right call. Uh, I think Tori could probably be reined in a little bit more if I'm Drea Romeo and Roxroy. Uh, I see, you know, okay, let's, let's bring her in rather than bring Zach in. I think it's probably more likely. Also Tori was a freaking beast in those challenges. Like yeah. she was leading the charge with Drea on the blue tribe. And even that very first uh, part of the Flint challenge where they had to climb up uh, the rope to get the paddles and come back down. She was right there with uh, Jonathan and Jonathan's uh, as we would say on an Australian recap, uh, a big boy. So <laughs> he'd be in the big boys Alliance uh, in Australia. So Jonathan but, would be in the big boys Alliance. Yes. I want Jonathan and Mark <laughs> from Australia to stand side by side. That's what I want. Oh, uh, and then, and then let's get um, uh, the horse uh, from season. Oh season yeah. Four. Uh, Sean. Yeah. Sean. <laughs> let's just get them all together. All on one track. Uh, so I said a lot, basically that one thing I will say uh, this morning, I was thinking about it. Uh, on my way to work and it's like, yeah, Zach, you, 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 you got got, you got got, and you probably should have gone home. But at the same time, like think of how much that meant to him to be on the show. Desperate, huge survivor fan, 20 years old. So excited. He's a college student. He probably had to take a semester off um, and, and put some sort of life on pause in order to go out there. 
it's 14 days once you're out there and then another five or six in pregame press. And then you're there, you get voted out on night two, and then you're stuck there for another 25 days uh, by yourself and with, with other pre-jurors. Uh, and it's this huge, like you could tell being on Survivor was his biggest life dream. And mm-hmm. I, maybe I'm, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting soft in my older age, but I felt for the kid. Like I, that, that's really tough. Um, that's really tough to do. So uh, I felt bad for him just being as big of a fan as he was, but again, maybe I'm just getting soft. I don't know. I, I felt bad that he, he got voted out without, without ever casting a vote. Like, but you got this, you got to love his uh, exit interview when he's like, put that on my Survivor Wiki page. <laughs> <laughs> I see you, Zach. Uh, I see you. <laughs> yeah, I you know I, I when I was reading through their original assessments, I, I like uh, and their original like pre preseason stuff. Like I soon as I read his things and I saw again, I said this in our pre preseason um, preparation for the uh, uh, for the season that when I see these younger age folks on the, on the show, I'm like, okay, you're, you, you're probably not going. And my immediate out loud response to him, because my wife heard it was, Oh, he's going to get eaten alive. And yeah. so he got voted out. And <laughs> my wife said, is that the person you said was going to be eaten alive? I was like, yes, <laughs> it, it, it is. But I, I will say I am a little surprised that there wasn't more cohesion between Tori, Zach and Swati. Yes. Uh, in particular, and I, and I think this is going to be interesting going forward, where I, I hope that I, I do like Tori as well. And, I, and she was on my list of people to pick. And I hope for her sake, she gets out of this little hole that she's dug herself in. But I think that Swati's like uh, background being was it the Army or the National Guard or, or uh, uh, Army Reserve, I think. Okay. Yeah. Being in that or like, National Guard and probably Sorry. the um, rigor that has been instilled into her life. Be, from that, I think maybe connects her a little bit more with this older crowd. That's a good point. And, and so the young, ironically, the youngest person of those three is the one that's going to be more connected with the, the three olders. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that for Tori's sake, they, they survive away from the next tribal um, and, and win a challenge, but, but we'll see. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, which also, last thing I'll say about this, and then we'll move on to our way out, play out last moments and players. Uh, Drea, in particular, that moment where she's like, "All right, we're getting, we're getting a uh, uh, rocks way out," and she realizes, "Oh, I might not have a vote." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I am concerned that her first instinct was to go hard. I'm glad that she like realized that she needed to rein it back because what if she didn't have a have a vote? Uh, yeah. And so I, I'm worried that she's going to be a little too heavy handed going forward because I really like her um, and, and, and I'm excited for her because she has two advantages. But fingers crossed that she she doesn't play so aggressively all the time. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it could work. It could work. It, it could work. All right, Alex. Well, let's move into our outwit, outlet, outplay and outlast moments or players of the week. And so we will start with outwit that social strategy element of the game, who wins your outwit player or moment of the week? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll say, especially for outwit and outlast, it's a little tough um, just because there were so many advantages. Um, We're getting to know people, but we didn't see a whole lot of strategy except from the blue tribe. So some of these may come out of left fields and they're a bit of a stretch, but like what's new, Uh, this is speaking lava. You're used to that. 
I think my outwit, I'm going to give it to Marianne uh, because of that social piece. She, you can tell she has a massive personality. Like she is one of those people she was talking about, like, oh, I tell my friends and family, like, I want to be on Survivor one day. And my first thought was like, the second the casting producer met you, they knew you were going to be on the show. <laughs> this amazing yeah. big personality. <laughs> and it's the point where like, I'm laughing and smiling any confessional she gets and she's talking and she, it's just this infectious joy uh, that I absolutely love. And I think she, I, I feel like she's got some depth to her as well. Mm. And she's going to be able to use that genuine connection with people really easily. It feels very natural to her. Um, it, it's giving me like Elaine vibes from uh, season 39 of just this, everyone loves Marianne. Um And so I think if what she needs to do moving forward is manage that threat level, because if she doesn't realize likability is a liability, I forget which contestant said that, but if she doesn't realize that it's going to be deadly for her, but I think she has the chops to do it. So I'm, I'm giving it to Marianne. I was very impressed with her. Absolutely. A great choice. Uh, Team Caleb. So uh, it it pains me to to say anyone from Team Caleb, but. Uh, we know Marianne's more important than Caleb. So from, from our preseason episode, she was a wild card pick uh, that wasn't originally the someone I was going to pick. And the more I saw of her, I was like, oh, yes, I'm so glad I get to cheer for her because she's on my yeah. tribe. Um, my outwit moment uh, or, or player is, is actually going to go to someone I think that I impressed me based on what we saw and how they're relating socially. And, and I don't know that we have seen enough, but based on this episode alone, uh, Daniel, I think impressed yeah. me socially, um, because I think you and I both saw him and like, this is the classic, like super fan. That's a little bit kind of in your face and like a little bit of a know-it-all. And we, we both and, wrote him off preseason. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I also know that because he's, I also wrote him off because like, that's how I would, I'm afraid that I would be on the show. So, no, uh, no. but, um, I, I, you know, I think, right. Obviously, he has you know scars from having can- childhood cancer, uh, and he, he can't lie about that or can't shy away with that. But just the way that right, like he shared about himself and, and built some of those bonds and relationships, I, I was just impressed. And then you know, he gets hurt in the first challenge, like he, he pulled uh, a, Snef- so. uh, a Stephanie Lagrosa, right? <laughs> I I know. Which also, buddy, I was like, don't don't reference that deep of a cut in Survivor fandom. Like they're gonna know you can't hide. Like now, <laughs> I appreciate the reference as a super fan, but like now that's just too deep of a cut. Um, but uh, yeah, so so Daniel gets my outwit player of the week. Um, so we'll move on to outplay, which involves the advantages and or challenges uh, and how those um, are used strategically in the game. Um, who is your outplay or out, sorry, your outplay moment or player of the week? Yeah, there, it's an obvious choice. It's Drea. Um, Two, two advantages in two days. Um, that's unprecedented, right? So uh, I just, there's no way she doesn't win this. I, I hope she can manage all of her advantages and do it well. Uh, again, we'll see what this amulet thing can do. If that's a, more of a target or more of a bonding experience, we don't know at this point. And that's what's exciting. But uh, very impressed with Dre. Also, she's a freaking challenge beast. Like she is by far the strongest person on the blue tribe. So uh, very impressed with her. I think she's going to do uh, phenomenal. As I predicted as my winner pick for team Alex, she's going to be a challenge beast. 
Yeah, I, I'm excited uh, to see her. I think she is definitely, I, I, I figured you were going to pick her and I think she's a just, she, she's a perfect pick for this. Um, and it would be mine, but for the sake of just highlighting some more players and moments in the episode, uh, I'm also, my runner up then is going to actually be uh, both Jenny and Daniel uh, because we actually forgot one twist and that was the, they lost the two tribes that lost the first challenge oh, go back yeah. and do the yes. uh, savvy or sweat. And which like, it's funny to see that if you didn't r- realize it, they switched up the um, conditions of the challenge, right? In season 41, it's the same thing, but except two people got to carry the barrel and they had only one guess on the triangle challenge. But in season 42, it's only one person, which makes that challenge infinitely harder and isolate someone that's like shout out to Mike for being like, yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Uh, <laughs> so maybe it might, might get thrown in there too, as a, as outplay uh, th- that whole try. But my favorite part is when they're all like, all right, let's all count the triangles. Yeah. And then it's like, someone's like, all right, 10, 12. And Gino goes, I already have 43. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, it, uh, it was Jonathan. Yeah, I don't remember I think. who it was. Um, oh, oh, it was Jonathan late in a different track. Yes. He's just like, I, He's like this all right, is... I got 11. <laughs> 50. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. So, and, and, and Jenny for stepping up and like realizing like she clearly didn't want to be seen as that person, as the puzzle person. Um, but she, she realized that she had to do it. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was a good moment. And so, yeah. All right, Alex. Uh, last category, Outlast. Who do you think set themselves up the best going forward from this episode? There are so many different people. I feel like I'm just kind of closing my eyes and throwing a dart at a board. Uh, but I'm going to pick with, I'm going to pick my current favorite player who's not on Team Alex. Uh, and, and it pains, it, it makes me want to vomit because he's your winner pick. Uh, but it is high. Because, like, I think he played it well. He was excited about the the amulet advantage, uh, and he was all in. Just again, throwing mud all over himself, throwing blood all over himself, and just I, I just appreciated it. I think he's in a good spot uh, in his tribe. Seems likable. Seems strong enough in challenges, but not overbearing. Uh, I I feel like he's gonna ride right in the middle where he needs to be without being a target for being in the middle, if that makes sense. So uh, very impressed with him. I think he's, he's, he's in it for the long haul. Um, So I'm excited to see what, what he does moving forward. Absolutely. And he's got that alliance with Lydia, maybe Foreman's connection. Which Lydia cracks me up. I'm all about (laughs) Lydia. It's like it's Lydia to me. And I mean this in every compliment, I could po- like every positive context I can possibly give it. She is the personification of TikTok, and I just <laughs> I love it so. It's like Gen Z in a person, and I just I'm so happy. I just uh, oh my me. gosh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my Outlast player is high as well. Uh, you know, I, I think he's set up well. From I would say Drea, except for the preview that we got uh, for next time on Survivor, that maybe that. Uh, Playing a little too aggressively may come back to uh, bite her a little bit, um, but we'll see. Uh, but hi, I think set himself up well socially, strategically, advantage-wise. Right, he, he has set himself up, um, and but ultimately, right, that was the tribe that we saw the least from because yeah, it had it. They are the only tribe with six people left. 
hopefully we don't have a repeat of season 41 where there's just, yeah. you know, it feels even though, like for it the does. blue tribe to win the first challenge and then to lose the last challenge, it's like, yeah. okay, there's an equalizer here. Like there, yes. I, I think we can do this. So hopefully it's much I, better. I'm, I'm excited. Um, Alex, I- any last uh, comments on the cast as a whole um, or just anything else from the episode? Yeah, I think overall I'm really impressed. It's, uh, you know, we talked last episode talking about the cast assessment. I said, like, I didn't really, on paper, they seem good, but I didn't really see a whole lot. Uh, completely changed my mind. It's, it's, a, it's a big, it's a, it's a group of big players, uh, a group of a lot of fans, like we mentioned earlier. But other than Zach and, and Tori, people are kind of reining it in, reining it in a little bit. Again, you know, Daniel's great, High's great. Um, they're, they're able to kind of keep it close to their chest a little bit, um, how big of fans they are. And, and I think most people seem to be in a really good spot. I mean, I, Tori's obviously got some heat on her, but other than her, I don't think anyone is in hot water right now. So really the game's wide open going into episode two. So uh, really, I think that's, that's a, a sign of a strong cast. Yeah. I mean, it'll be exciting to see. I, I do. One of the downsides to having Jackson go home is and, and with a medical evacuation is that I do think they would have had a double tribal like they did in season 41. Um, and the reason that doesn't feel like anyone's in hot water is because only one tribe has gone to tribal. And right. so, right. Um, yeah, I, I, the one comment I want to make as a whole is like, I will be interested to see in the next cycle of seasons, uh, this to an extent last season, season 41, this was true. But this one in particular, um, it it just feels like everyone that is on it is a super fan. Yeah. It maybe not to the level of like we've got charts and graphs and 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 we can recite lines from previous episodes, or we can pull out pulling a Stephanie LaGrosa. Uh, but for the most part, everyone that's on there seems to have a good understanding of Survivor and really appreciate Survivor, um, which is honestly very unusual. Um, and I, I'll be interested to see if this, that trend continues. And if, right, you can't, the, the argument of, oh, they're a super fan, we have to get them out, can't work because if you make that argument, someone's going to make that same argument against you. And yep. so, yep. yeah. Totally we'll agree. Yeah, I think that will, the success of this season will determine that moving forward for season 43 and 44, which were just announced the day of the premiere. Uh, that CBS uh, renewed Survivor for two more seasons. So, and Amazing Race for another season. So, or two more seasons. So, yeah. All right. Well, with that, Alex, uh, I think that wraps us up for this week. Uh, Check us out on Instagram at Speaking Llama. Um, Follow us, um, like, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you find your podcast of choice. and join us as we go along this season. Uh, also, we're still recapping Australian Survivor Season 7. Uh, and check those out earlier in the week. And then we will be back with you next week on uh, Wednesday with a instant recap, instant actions, uh, unlike this week after the episode. But until then, we'll speak Lama to you later. <laughs>